0: Between the words that are spoken and the words that are heard, may the spirit be present. Amen. Money makes the world go round. The world go round. I first heard that line and that song when I took a Bob Fosse dance workshop as a preteen. And I didn't really get it. Most of the metaphors of the song went way over my young head. Not that line. I understood that one perfectly clear. Money makes the world go round. If you check any of the news headlines today, you're bound to see something about money or our current financial state of affairs. And as we get closer to the holiday season, I'm reminded of the things my parents told me never to mention when I'm a guest at a dinner table politics, religion, and money. People don't like to talk about money because we have all sorts of relationships with it. Some love it, others don't have it money reminds us of our differences and it is certainly easier at the holiday table to keep the conversations focused on our similarities and not our differences and just the other day I was counseling a couple who's preparing for marriage and I brought up the dreaded topic of money and I watched as their eyes got real wide, and they began to get nervous. The church is no different. I see the eyes get wide, and some people physically begin to cringe when someone mentions money, pledges, tithing, stewardship. It makes us uncomfortable, which is kind of silly Because after all, money makes the world go round, right? Money isn't a 2022 problem. No, it's been a concern for people way back to before the time of Jesus. And if you've noticed over these last few weeks, Jesus has spent a lot of time in the Gospel of Luke talking to his followers about their relationship to money. Jesus invites these people through parables to consider more closely their relationship with money. What do they do with it? Who does it belong to anyways? And these parables have been especially fitting because for the last few weeks here at St. Christopher's, we've been celebrating our 2022 stewardship season. And now we enter our final week. Next Sunday, we'll turn in our last few pledges and we'll celebrate our season of giving with fellowship and a feast for all. Some call this day the Consecration Sunday because it's a celebration of our, the body of believers, Of our giving for our own spiritual development rather for the church's need to receive in other words we give our treasures our money or our time and our talents as acts of discipleship not out of guilt and next week we'll have a party to celebrate all of these gifts that we share today's gospel reading it's not another parable but in that opening sentence we know Jesus and Luke they're still concerned with wealth we've got a chief tax collector named Zacchaeus and he's wait for it rich and based on our other parables we'd likely imagine that this rich man much like all those other rich men that he's failed to share his wealth with anyone and we're supposed to walk away with the reminder that God wants us to share our wealth that's not exactly what happens here notice first Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus Why would he want to see a guy who is basically a peasant to him? Zacchaeus, he's the big dog. A title like chief tax collector. A rich tax collector. It insinuates that he might just be the head of all of the tax collectors. The guy who gets all the money. Why would he want to go see someone who is beneath him or certainly someone who might challenge his authority but Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus so much that he climbs up into a tree and things may have been different back then but I'm pretty sure climbing trees was not something adults did regularly no it was an activity for the kids, unless you're Zacchaeus. He climbs up, likely embarrass himself along the way, and that chief public official is high up in the sycamore tree, all so that he can peer down and get a view at the man called Jesus. He must have stood out. A grown man up there chilling in a tree because Jesus looks up and tells him get down now and much to the crowd's dismay Jesus doesn't just acknowledge that tax collector up in the tree he calls him by name and tells him he's coming over to Zacchaeus's house for dinner tonight And that's a reversal in itself because a person of lesser social status, like Jesus would have been, would have never invited himself over to the home of someone higher up. The crowd, they don't understand. Here he goes again, that man Jesus, wasting his time with the sinners or the weird ones who climb up in the trees. They grumble and Jesus doesn't even acknowledge them they're not worth his time because they still don't get it jump back to Zacchaeus and he hurries down to meet Jesus and he doesn't waste any time with his reply we have the new revised standard version translation And it says that Zacchaeus tells Jesus that he will give to the poor more than the Torah had asked. And he's going to pay back four times the amount to any person he defrauds. Again, that's way more than was asked of him. He seems to want to show Jesus just who he is. Remember, Jesus already called Zacchaeus by name. He already invited himself over. It doesn't seem like Jesus needed Zacchaeus to tell him what he was going to do. In fact, the Greek word used by Zacchaeus is actually in the present, not future tense. So that most other translations outside of the NRSV Interpret Zacchaeus saying, look, half of my possessions, Lord, I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I pay back four times as much. But it isn't about what he's doing in the future, but rather what he is already committed to doing right now. That perhaps who Zacchaeus is trying to tell and convince is not Jesus but in fact those busybodies, murmuring crowd members who are looking at Zacchaeus and judging him off of his wealth and his job he just wants them to know he's worthy too and Jesus confirms this to him he tells them that Zacchaeus He's a son of Abraham. He's part of the family too. Salvation has come to this house today because the son of man, Jesus, came to seek out and save the lost. Zacchaeus, the grown man in the tree, was lost. But not because of a lack of faith. No, he had a whole lot of faith. So much faith that he climbed the tree just to catch a glimpse of the Son of Man. He was lost because of his wealth. He had so much money. But again, it's not what we think. Zacchaeus was not like the rich man of the other Lucan parables. No, the problem with his wealth was with the other people. The problems with the crowd. The crowd who used Zacchaeus' wealth to ostracize and judge him. He was lost. He was alone. And Jesus saw right through it. He saw Zacchaeus for the person he was, the one who shared, maybe wants to share, his wealth way more than demanded. Jesus saw Zacchaeus. For who he was, a person who just wanted to see Jesus, to see God. In the end, Zacchaeus' story is not another one about money and a rich man squandering it away. Instead, it reminds us of our desire to see God too. That's why we give our money, our time, and our talents. Because we want to see God. We want to have a faith strong enough that we embarrass ourselves by climbing a high up in that tree. Because we want to catch a glimpse of God. And we see God here at St. Christopher's all the time. We see God in each other in our ministries, serving the community through our healing and our justice work, in our care for the environment, or through our hospitality to one another and the people beyond our doors. Day after day, week after week, and year after year, we share those gifts of time, talent, and yes, our treasures too. Not because we feel guilty. Rather because we feel joy. The same joy, desire that Zacchaeus shared as he climbed high up in that tree. We share our gifts because we know that we can catch a glimpse of God here. We know that we can see the kingdom of life here at St. Christopher's. And that's why we call it home. Amen.